has the greatest emphasis on the ministry of Jesus of any gospel. No other gospel contains as much teaching about Jesus. Charles Ryle, who was a contemporary of C.H. Spurgeon, wrote this. The New Testament begins with a history of the life, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. No part of the Bible is so important as this. No part is so full and complete. Four distinct Gospels uh, tell the story of Christ's actions and His death. Four times we read the precious account of His works and His words. How thankful we ought to be for this. To know Christ is life eternal. To believe in Christ is to have peace with God. To follow Christ is to be a true Christian. And to be with Christ will be heaven itself. We can never hear too much about the Lord Jesus. As we pick up this, this morning a few facts about uh, the gospel, it's one of the synoptic gospels. What do I mean when I say synoptic gospels? We have three. <laughs> Matthew, Mark, and Luke see things together. And that's what, that's what the synoptic part means. They're, they bounce off of one another. Uh, Matthew and Mark um, compete so to speak as who is the first gospel written um, there's there's arguments for Mark there's arguments for Matthew uh, it was written between 50 and 70 AD uh, nothing is mentioned about the fall of Jerusalem and so it's not that late, but most people put it around 50 A.D., which would be a couple of decades after the Lord's <clears throat> death. Um, Mark is the shortest gospel that we have. It just has 661 verses. But 90% of what Mark wrote, Matthew and Luke record. So that's... that's one one part of of the puzzle so to speak Matthew includes 50 quotes from the Old Testament um, Matthew primarily had the Jews in mind as he wrote and there's some tremendous parts in Matthew as we go through it these next weeks um that we need to look at. So if you'll open to, to Matthew, I just want you to walk through it with me a minute. Uh, go to chapter 5, and uh, um, there's, there's things that we always jump out at us as we go. Chapter 5, verse 17, he says, Do not think that I came to abolish the law and the prophets. I did not come to abolish them, but to fulfill this is Jesus talking. Verse 6, 
chapter 6, verse 9, we have the most common uh, rendition of what we know is be the Lord's Prayer. And then, then chapter 7, you know, um, probably we've said before one of the most quoted verses by non-believers is, is Matthew 7, 1. Do not judge that you will not be judged, you know. Okay, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 comprise what we know as... What? Sermon on the Mountain or Beatitudes. Okay, Beatitudes. Okay, chapter 8 and 9 are, com are pretty concise in healings. Jesus is shown healing after healing. Then chapters 10, 11, and 12, he talks about, he talks about teaching and he teaches the disciples among other things. Chapter 13, he talks about parables and they're the wheat among the, 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 the tares among the wheat and so forth and so on. Um, then verses, chapters 14 through 20 is additional teaching. Chapter 17 holds what we know as the most quoted part of the transfiguration. Um, and then the last weeks, chapter 21, 22, and 23, and then Jesus himself has a big discourse on end times in chapter 24, 25, and 26, and then we have uh, his death and resurrection in chapter 27 and 28, and we have the Great Commission given to us at the end of chapter 28. So there's a lot packed into Matthew, and most of it is very, very familiar to us and quoted a lot. So we've got a lot to look forward to as, as we see. Uh, go to Matthew 9, 9. Matthew 9, 9. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. Matthew is just mentioned five times in Scripture. He's mentioned this time and then he's mentioned with a, as a list of all the twelve in Matthew 10, Mark 3, Luke 6, Acts 1. They're all, they're all list, listed there. Uh, Matthew says more about coins than any other, any other uh, um, gospel and as being a tax collector I suppose he would but anyway <clears throat> Matt, Luke 19 tells us the story of Zacchaeus Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector which is uh, kind of a pyramid thing you know he had people working for him and he had favor with a, a Roman government and so he, he had a lot of money <clears throat> 
We don't know that Matthew was in Zacchaeus's um, thing uh, list, but right after uh, the verse in nine nine, the verse ten. Uh, he says it happened as Jesus was reclining at the table behold many tax collectors sinners and there so forth and so on so it's uh, implied that uh, after that period of time when he called him uh, he took Jesus uh, to supper with him or lunch with him or dinner with him and, and, and he had uh, people of his own tribe so to speak to be there so Matthew is a very, a very important book for us. Um, it, it says a lot about where we are. And as uh, Bill and Gloria's song said, it's all about Jesus. And we'll get into that, those words in just a minute. Okay, let's open it up to Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. <clears throat> Okay, the record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Genealogy. Genealogy was a big thing to the Jews. Big thing. If you remember in Nehemiah, when, he, when they were getting ready for the people to go there uh, there were people that could not prove where they came from and they were not allowed to go to the temple you know they were outcasts so to speak so genealogy is a big deal if you want to go deeper into the genealogy go to first chronicles the first three chapters and if you don't come away confused you're a better person than I am <laughs> but it it's it says it talks about all these genealogy so um, the other thing I want to point out here is uh, Jesus the Messiah the son of David the son of David Go really quick with me to 2 Samuel chapter 7. Uh, you go to Judges and uh, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, right before Kings. 2 Samuel chapter 7. If your Bible's like mine, it's on page 270. Chapter 7 of 2 Samuel. <clears throat> it came about when the king lived in his house and the Lord had given him rest on every side from his enemies that the king said to Nathan the prophet, Now see, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the gods dwell within tent curtains. Nathan said to the king, Go do that all that is in your mind, for the Lord is with you. Verse 4. And the same night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go say to my servant David. Now go to verse 8. 
Now thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus say you say to the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture from following the sheep to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone and have cut off all your enemies before you, and I will make you a great name like the names of the great men who are on earth. Then skip down to verse 13. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish a throne for his kingdom forever. And I will be a father to him, and he will be a son to me. Then he commit, when he commits iniquity, I will correct him with the rod of men and the strokes of the son of men. Verse 15, But my loving kindness shall not but depart from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I remove from before you. Verse 16, your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever. Your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words and all this vision, so Nathan spoke to David. So this is what is known as the Davidic covenant, a covenant God made with David that your house and your kingdom will endure before me. And that's been through the ages. So when Matthew picks up this morning and he talks about he talks about the genealogy, he says, Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Okay, we're going to let the reader read the first 16 verses because I stumbled too much on some of these names. And we'll go from there. Yes, back to Matthew 1. The New American Standard Bible, copyright by the Lachman Foundation. Matthew chapter 1. The record of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amminadab, Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz by Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David the king. David was the father of Solomon by Bathsheba, who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Ammon, and Ammon the father of Josiah. Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. After the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah became the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abihud, Abihud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok, Zadok the father of Achim, and Achim the father of Iliad. 
Iliad was the father of Eliezer, Eliezer the father of Mathen, and Mathen the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom Jesus was born, who was called the Messiah. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Messiah, 14 generations. Okay. Now, that's Jesus' genealogy. We have another genealogy in Luke chapter 3. And it goes from God the Father to Joseph. This is picking it up from Abraham and going to Joseph, his legal daddy. Now, <clears throat> this is a sordid lot, all of these people. As we all are flawed, this group was very, very flawed, and yet they were in Jesus' direct line. We have five ladies mentioned in this thing. And you understand that in the Hebrew, and, and, and ladies were not not elevated very much. And these ladies had had uh, uh, kind of some time a sordid uh, life. We have two prostitutes. We have one that committed adultery. We have a Moabitess who is not even the line, and then we have a virgin who is called Mary. So all of these, and the men are no better. The men are worse because. David himself, who we just talked about, was an adulterous and a, and a murderer himself. And Scripture bears this out. He says in, in verse 6, David, the father of Solomon, by Bathsheba, whom had been the wife of Uriah. And we know the story. He killed him so he could take Bathsheba as a wife. It's, it's a sordid group here. The Chapter 38 in, in, uh, in Genesis, which is a very, a very, you know, I've often wondered why God put Genesis chapter 38 in the Bible. And the only reason I can come up with is verse 3, where he said here, Judah the follower of Perez by Tamar. And that's a, that's a sordid part of Scripture. Scripture is interesting. It's uh, intriguing. It's uh, don't pull any punches. So here we have here uh, the um, the lineage of of Jesus through used people, people who are flawed, and yet it was used of the Lord. Now in every every verse here we have. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. And every one of them, this was the father of this. This was the father of this. Until we get down to verse 16. And we say, Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary by whom Jesus was born, who is called the Messiah. 
Um, okay. Now, verse 17, most scholars says, well, they don't know why Matthew put it in there, but it's in there. Uh, you can't go through these 16 <coughs> verses and get, uh, get 28 generations. That's when you go back to 1 Chronicles and and I suppose you could figure it out there. I couldn't. I tried, but I I, I couldn't. I couldn't get it together. Um, <clears throat> so let's pick up with verse eighteen, and we'll go to the end of the chapter. <clears throat> now, most people, when we talk about the birth of Jesus, we, as Christmas is coming, we always go to Luke because Luke's a physician, and he's very he he's very um, understanding and and knows verse 8 18 now the birth of jesus christ was as follows when his mother married had been betrothed to joseph before they came together she was found to be with child by the holy spirit okay mary had been betrothed to joseph this is from the uh Bible knowledge um, commentary. It's uh, one I use. Uh, it's written by uh, the professors at uh, Dallas Theological. He says, Matthew's explanation can be best understood in the light of the Hebrew marriage customs. Marriage was arranged by, for individuals by parents and contracts were negotiated. After this was accomplished, the individuals were considered married, and they were not called, uh, and they were called husband and wife. I'm sorry. They were called husband and wife. They did not, however, begin to live together. Instead, the woman continued to live with her parents and a man with his for one year. The waiting period was to demonstrate the faithfulness of the pledge and the purity given concerning the bride. If she was found to be with child in that period, she obviously was not pure, but had to be involved in an unfaithful sexual relationship. Therefore, the marriage could be annulled. If, however, the one-year waiting period demonstrated the purity of the marriage, the husband would then go to the house of the bride's parents and in a grand procession, March led by uh, led his wife back to his home, where they would begin uh, to live together, and the husband and wife would consummate their marriage physically. So this betrothal period that Matthew talks about is in this context of of the day, and this was it up till the 12th century. The 12th century was 1101 to 1200. This was the norm up to that point. And then it's kind of warped into where we are today. Um, and then <laughs> and then today we've perverted the whole thing. We, we live together and we don't we don't anyway that's that's that <clears throat> the the there's no way nowhere in scripture does it tell us how to get married 
except we have some we have some very uh, distinct uh, keys, so to speak. One of them that that I love is Isaac and Rebecca. Uh, they, uh, you remember the story? Abraham says, "I want to give uh, Isaac a bride, but I don't want you to get it from these local girls." And he says, "You, uh, you." Uh, Put your hand in my thigh and swear that you'll do what I want you to do. He says, go back to uh, <clears throat> Sarah's folks and my folks and you find um, um, a wife for, for uh, Isaac. And you know the story. <laughs> the servant said, Lord, the girl that comes and draws water... And she says that she'll draw water for me and for my camels. That's going to be the girl you want. Well, that's what Rebecca did. She said, you want some water? Yes. Well, I'll draw for you and your camels. And then he says, who do you belong to? And he went back to their house. And, <laughs> and so they said, stay with us 10 days and then Rebecca can go. He said, no. He says, I need, to, I need to leave today. And so they said, well, let's ask Rebecca. And Rebecca says, I'll go with him. So she did. She left. And then when they approached the field that Isaac was in, there when he got back home, uh, she got down off her camel and they met there and uh, they talked a little bit. And Sarah had already died. She had passed away. And Isaac took Sarah, uh, Rebecca to Sarah's tent. And that's it. That's it. Now one thing I find real interesting about the life and the marriage of Sarah, uh, of Rebecca and, uh, and Isaac, there's no hint in Scripture of any infidelity. He didn't have another wife. They had two children, Esau and Jacob. They had, that was that. You know, that's how it was done. In the New Testament, fast forward, they were bound by the traditions that they had here, this betrothal period of a year. So let's pick up in verse 18 again and go forward. Now the birth of Jesus Christ is followed when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. They came together and she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had <clears throat> considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, uh, knowing that the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Moses awoke from his sleep. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, he took Mary as his wife, 
but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to the son and he called his name Jesus. The name above every name, as Gloria said in the in the song we just we just listened to. So the genealogy of Jesus, the Lord used some unsavory folks, flawed like we all are, and yet they came the bloodline through which Joseph, Mary's husband, not the father of Jesus, but the husband of Mary, he was Jesus' legal father. And this part that Matthew talks about um, uh, Jesus' birth, they shall call his name Jesus. And we'll, we'll see as we progress through the book that Jesus is magnified and lifted up all through the Gospel of Matthew. And as we said, there's more written about Matthew in Matthew's Gospel about Jesus and his teaching. If your Bible is in red, it's, it's, it's all over the place, you know, that, that you, you see this. So we'll pick up here next week in chapter 2 and, uh, and continue on with uh, uh, what we know and uh, we'll go from there. Any comments? Any questions? Okay. So that's, that's it for today. Let's go to the Lord and then we'll... We'll go to our places.